0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Look, you can probably guess what we're gonna get into on this one. Uh, This is a movie that is famous for using a a whole bunch of uh, slurs, mainly racial slurs, but all kinds of slurs, uh, which we will not repeat on the episode, and uh, then also some, uh, for lack of a better term, rape jokes, uh, some of which we do reference uh, in the episode, so just just be aware of that up front, but uh, I do think this is a really good episode. I'm proud of it, I'm proud of kind of, you know, how we thought through everything, and what we found about the movie that we liked, and what critiques we had. So I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed making it. Thanks. Torn from the fiery pages of the mightiest annals of the West comes the Supreme Saga in the great tradition of
1: frontier drama. Francis. Holy shit, dude. All of these little emo kids, they're I have stumbled upon a lot of my chemical romance blogs, like fan yeah, blogs. Sure. A lot of them are really young and they're all learning about what emo culture was like. They are absolutely glorifying the scenester haircut, like the mullet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: just like they're oh my like, god 2007 looked like, amazing
1: they were like wow i really wish i wasn't born in the late 1990s i'm like what the fuck they're talking about uh, how they wish that they could go to hot topic when it was pure <laughs> <laughs> which it's like it's like a picture of the old Hot you remember when hot topic was scary
0: like they're, in the in the mall, right? Yeah, at the mall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: They're like, "I really wish that I could go there." And they're uh, taking screen grabs of old MySpaces from the web archive, and they're uh-huh. like, "Wow, this is what I would have my my MySpace look like. This is the song that would turn on. These are my top 8 friends." I'm just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's amazing. I think it's sad.
0: It well, it's sad one that there's people that much younger than me yeah that's um, why i'm <laughs>
1: that's exactly why i'm sad
0: and two uh that uh the 2007 uh when we were in the still like in the iraq war mm-hmm. like george w bush was president like a lot of bad shit happening uh still way better than right now
1: i know i know <laughs> What's up everybody, welcome to Probably Should Have Known Better, your favorite podcast about comedies that don't age very well. I am one of your hosts, Nadia Vasquez, and I am joined as always, as always, by the Waco Kid to my Sheriff Bart, because I'm the person of color, and he's the white one, <laughs> Tony Ginocchio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to the pod. We're talking uh, about a very specific movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, can you guys guess the selection today? Uh, and... <laughs> Ever, as I was just saying before Nadia did the intro, we started this show in 2018, and uh, Blazing Saddles from 1974, directed by Mel Brooks, is the film that I think we've always been destined to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we
1: needed to get re- our, our reps in, you know? Build up the muscle. <laughs> the critical muscle, the humorous muscle, the nonsense muscle.
0: Yeah. This is... Uh, unanimously as near to unanimous as you can get by critics considered one of the funniest movies ever made. Wow. Uh this was <laughs> nominated for 3 Academy Awards. Uh this is one of the one the first 10 movies ever to make over 100 million dollars.
1: Wow.
0: Uh this is uh part of the National Film Registry in the Library of Congress. Uh, The American Film Institute has ranked the 100 funniest movies of all time. This is number six. Uh, What's number one? uh, Some Like It Hot. Uh,
1: Wow, this is old.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) directed uh, by Mel Brooks, uh, the man who basically invented uh, kind of the modern idea of the genre parody, uh, which, you know, this film is part of. One of only 16 people in history to win an EGOT. Uh, it's the second highest grossing film of the year the third highest grossing film of the year was young frankenstein which mel brooks also co-wrote and directed um and as acclaimed and as successful as this film uh has been uh pretty much 100 percent of the reviews on amazon say like and this an exact one here says quote a wonderful politically incorrect movie that needs to be required viewing for all microaggression suffering snowflakes thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up
1: Uh crying emoji
0: crying emoji smiling emoji crying emoji (laughs) uh mel brooks has said as recently as 2017 he would not be allowed to make this film uh today uh and there's gonna be i think some pretty obvious reasons uh why he said that um but I have, a, I have so many thoughts and feelings uh, about this movie, uh, which I watched uh, with my wife, who did not care for it. And, <laughs> and uh, I guess, you know, Nadia, this is normally the part where I, I would ask you to summarize the plot. I wouldn't say there's much of a plot.
1: No, but I did. <laughs> I, I wrote something down it took me a while because I <laughs> kind of forgot what this movie was about um I have a lot of thoughts and feelings also <laughs> so this is a satire I'm going to use satire in quotes on westerns and uh in this movie the bad guy who is named Hendley, Hedley Lamar Hedley Lamar Hedley play on Hedy Lamar uh, he wants to make a choo choo train go through a town called Rockridge why because the direction they were building the rails went into quicksand how did they find that out you'll see <laughs> uh, anyway so they need to build the train railway through a town but they need to get rid of the people so they got a rail wow they got a railroad worker named Bart played by Cleavon Little, and uh, they get him to be the sheriff of Rock Ridge, But, of course, this was a very long time ago, and uh, people are very racist. So he experienced a lot of microaggressions and also just aggression. Yeah, I would say (laughs)
0: macroaggressions.
1: About being black, and then he befriends uh, Gene Wilder, who is an American treasure, who is the Waco kid, and they have to save the town from this train basically um it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. and there are funny moments but i wouldn't call this the funniest movie
0: no so ever made i would ag- i would agree with everything you said there um this uh th- yeah th- the plot to the extent that there is a plot it's more just like there's five credited writers on this movie you always
1: know that that's a red flag when there's more than two writers oh god
0: (laughs) yeah and clearly the movie is just what are all the jokes we can possibly think of yeah of of any type Mm -hmm. like (laughs) like, it's it's not like oh is it just all slapsticky no there's slapstick Mm -hmm. um there's also like some like clever wordplay there's some subtle stuff there's musical numbers Mm -hmm. there's references uh uh, there's a guy who punches a horse in the face at one point. Yeah, it's
1: like <laughs> reading the first draft of something someone wrote from UCB where they ask you for notes. <laughs> and,
0: and, you know, the the reason why people say this film couldn't be made anymore is because there's a ton of racial slurs in it. Yes. Um, because, uh, because Bart is black and he's facing the racism of the 1870s West. But also a large part of the reason... Why I don't think they can or should make this movie anymore is because a lot of it is just references to stuff that doesn't exist anymore.
1: Yeah, it's very (laughs) dated. But also, one other reason why they shouldn't make this movie again is because we don't need more reboots.
0: No, also that—yeah, just (laughs) (laughs) generally—
1: Fuck that. From,
0: a, from a Hollywood standpoint. But, like, like Nadia pointed out the bad guy's name is Hedley Lamar, and one of the recurring jokes is people keep calling him Hedy Lamar because that was the name of a famous actress, and he keeps correcting them. But I'm 33, and it's 2021, and I don't give a shit about who Hedy Lamar is.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you watch old movies, you'll know you'll – you'll be familiar with who Hedy Lamar is, but there's no, like – I don't know. I feel like there's an emotional connection to I don't know an Angelina Jolie. You know when you when you you're have... just
0: saying that because of the goddamn fish movie.
1: Yeah, she's hot. She's a hot fish. <laughs> Everyone wants to fuck the fish. Okay, <laughs> but I don't think anybody wants to fuck Hedy Lamar. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> if we're ranking by hotness, it's Lola the fish with DSLs, <laughs> then.
1: And she's got curves on those fins, girl. Yeah, curves
0: on her <laughs> fins. Uh, and then uh, then Hedy Lamar somewhere below that.
1: Yeah, um, I agree, though. I agree. It, but, it's very dated.
0: But there, it, it's super dated. But there's also some shit I laughed pretty hard at. Yeah, Um, for sure. A lot of it was stuff Gene Wilder said, <laughs> quite yeah, frankly, because he's, he's the best. The best. Um, a couple notes on, on the production of this film. Uh, Richard Pryor, who is one of the writers, was supposed to play Bart. Yes. Um, And basically the studio uh, wouldn't hire him. His history of drug use, they said, we can't get this guy insured. Um, We're going to be fucked if we hire him. So that's how Cleavon Little, who you don't remember being in any other movie besides this one. Yeah. uh, Ended up in the role. Um, Mel Brooks wanted John Wayne to play Jim
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and gave John Wayne the script. And John Wayne, who is very racist, yes. John, Wayne, <laughs> John <laughs> Wayne read the script and was like, I love this, but there's no way I can do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have this whole yeah image uh, of a family-friendly actor that I need to maintain. I will see it when it comes out. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, and
1: the original actor who played the Waco Kid, I think his name was Jin Young, Mm -hmm. he was actually drunk on set, so they fired him and replaced him with Gene Wilder.
0: Last minute, yeah, and Gene Wilder said to Mel Brooks, he's like, yeah, no, I can fly out and do the movie, but you got to help me with this script I'm working on called Young Frankenstein. Yep. And that's how that movie got made.
1: I'm very excited about that. You know, I have to say, I'm going to just state my stance on this movie i think space balls is better really yeah <laughs> it has rick moranis
0: i don't rick moranis is very good um, maybe it's just I, because
1: i understand the references in that I,
0: I don't think i i also don't think this is mel brooks's best movie i think young frankenstein is oh. um, but yeah we're getting controversial here i know folks. i
1: know people are turning this off already
0: <laughs> um, but <laughs> Uh, I would put this ahead of Spaceballs. I think it's been a while since. Okay, I've seen Spaceballs, I'm gonna.
1: Though. We're gonna have to just do a Mel Brooks season. I well, think.
0: Yeah, Mel, Mel Brooks season. It's like, does Robin Hood Men in Tights hold up? Oh my uh, god,
1: I forgot that movie is so funny.
0: <laughs> well, and and so that's the thing is is when you have as many jokes as there are in this script, like some of them are bound to hit. Yeah. Um,
1: legitimately, it's a numbers of, game.
0: Yeah, it's purely a numbers game. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in any movie ever is Mongo just pawn in game of life." Yes, uh,
1: <laughs> that was really good.
0: Loved that shit. Um, but yeah, I would say for me, what doesn't land is like, you know, th- there's all sorts of reference. Like Madeline Kahn, who uh, plays the uh, the ingenue, mm-hmm. uh, Lily von Stupp was nominated for an Oscar for that role. Like, she's doing... Don't know how. Yeah, she's doing... And with, like, five minutes of screen time, too. Yeah. But she's doing a very specific parody of a specific scene in a Western. Um, And, uh, like, I, I haven't seen it, so I don't I don't get that reference. So some most to be honest of the humor of that musical number is lost on me.
1: Yeah, same here. It was kind of like I was seeing seeing her give us nothing and being like, <laughs> "Oh, I guess I'm uh, supposed to find this funny."
0: Yeah, the other uh, Oscars was nominated for best uh, film editing and then best original song for the theme from Blazing Saddles. Uh, it was which, fine. It, which is a good song, and uh, the guy who sings it, and the artist's name is escaping me, but um, the guy who sings it is, like, the guy who sang all the themes to the Western movies um, from, uh, from that era. So it's, like, a very specific reference to that genre, again. And so, uh, Frankie Lane, that's his name. Um, So, uh, Frank, you know, Mel Brooks is like, we need someone like Frankie Lane to sing this song so it sounds authentic, and then Frankie Lane just did it. He didn't know the movie was a comedy, so he sang the song completely straight. Oh, Uh, well, that helped. uh, And then uh, they inserted... If if you've seen the movie, you know the first gag in the film is there are, like, way too many whip cracks in the (laughs) opening song. Uh, (laughs) Like, after every line of the song. Um, So, like, there's a lot to admire here. It is amazing I think that this movie got made at fucking all. Yeah. Uh and in fact the studio was horrified when they saw it for the first time and almost killed it. Uh but uh but all in all like I said there's stuff that I laughed at and then there's some stuff that I'm like ah eh, it doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. One thing I one thing I wasn't was like like super offended.
1: Mhm.
0: I I didn't feel like well, here here's how I'll put it. Okay. I didn't feel like Bart was ever the butt of the joke.
1: No, which was great.
0: Wait, yeah, which is like most of the jokes in this movie are people being racist to Bart and then Bart basically looking at the camera and being like, can you believe this fucking guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, so... they,
1: and the people who were racist made fools of themselves while they were being racist. So the joke was actually on them. Yeah. But... <laughs> i don't get why everyone has such a big boner about this movie <laughs> i don't fucking get it i'm sorry
0: it just packed houses for for months this ran this wow. was this again again nine nine digit box office only 10 movies have gotten to that point um, it it is kind of absurd when you consider um, how successful this movie was. Because again, I think we're both in agreement. Like some stuff works. This is not even the best Mel Brooks film. I don't even think it's the best Mel Brooks film that came out in 1974. Right. And so.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you 100. percent I wonder if this is a generational thing. In it could kind of be. the same way where I, I guess maybe you could say Generation X could say their favorite teen movie was Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. and you know we have our version of that, which is American Pie. Um, I guess can hardly say. wait's
0: better than American Pie.
1: Well, yeah, but <laughs> ask all, all the people who asked me if I played the flute because my name was Nadia, which made no sense because it's not even the same it's character. It's not even the
0: character's name. Michelle plays the flute. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so
1: you know, I think most of our generation would say American Pie, but I do. I. I wish that I had had an old person with me so that I could have been like, can you walk me through why I'm supposed to be laughing?
0: So so that's why, and this film is a tight 90 minutes, so I appreciated that.
1: Oh, I uh, really appreciated that.
0: <laughs> but, uh, but the other thing is, like, we watched this movie, like I said, I watched it with my wife, who uh, did not like it. <laughs> and then she was talking to her family the next day, um, and her dad, my father-in-law, loves this movie. Oh, right? interesting. Okay. And so he had this whole conversation, and it was a lot of what we just talked about. It's like, but you get that this is a reference to that, right? And oh. she's like, no, I don't get that, so I don't care. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's, Uh, I don't know. Do we have an equivalent in our generation of a movie where it has, like, a, I guess you could say all the Seth MacFarlane stuff.
0: Yeah, that's something – the other thing I was thinking of, and I I hate saying this because I think all of Mel Brooks' films are better than this, but the stuff like um, (laughs) – the stuff like – not scary movie because that one was okay. No, um, yeah, that one's really great. But like disaster movie, date movie, like all those like half-assed genre parodies that came out in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. Not
1: Another Teen Movie was good.
0: Not Another Teen Movie is great. Yeah. (laughs) Chris Evans. Is so good in that movie. (laughs) As fucking She's All That Guy. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's like closer to that because again, it's like just doing the bare minimum to count as a movie with a story
1: Yeah, and really
0: just trying to jam in as much as possible. Now the jokes, I think in those 2000s films were a lot more lowbrow and there are plenty of lowbrow jokes here, but they're, they're, I mean, yeah, they're a lot
1: more horny for sure.
0: Yeah. There, there's also a lot of, I mean, there's just as many, um, midbrow jokes or jokes about, court decisions united states one healy zero like that sort of thing um yeah also uh some great visual gags like cows just being in buildings yeah uh, which i really liked
1: oh and (laughs) i looked it up because there is a lot of obviously there's a lot of uh stunt work that needed to be done but they asked a lot of the horses in this movie there were a lot of stunt horses, and they were very sorry, highly the way I'm
0: sorry. The way you structured that sentence was they asked a lot of the horses in they this They
1: did. Morning. They did, because to punch a horse so that it falls down, that's asking a lot. <laughs> okay? And so I looked it up, and there was a little bit of uh, blowback to the equivalent of that era's PETA okay um but the horses are well trained and they weren't actually hurt they were taught to do that i guess oh, so okay. i I, it, it it did um it did bump me a little bit i was like why are they punching horses but if they're <laughs> professional stunt horses and yes they were asking a lot i don't think a horse has the ability to
0: consent to being a stunt animal you know what i mean <laughs> So you know. So, uh, but we gotta we gotta hit on 1974 first, Nadia. So so tell yeah. me about 1974.
1: Let me give you some context to this nonsense. 1974. Oh man, what a year! <laughs> um, the top songs of the year were Barbara Streisand's "The Way We Were," Elton John's "Benny and the Jets," Olivia Newton-John's "I Honestly Love You," and Paul Anka's "Having My Baby," which we would later hear sung in "Look Who's Talking." very exciting connection i made there nixon resigned in 1974 because of watergate it was a very very big year in politics uh it was also the year connect four was invented (laughs) so big year for everyone
0: so to be clear nadia is going in ascending order of importance (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) first of all i don't even want to get into it okay uh, the national highway speed limit was fifty-five miles per hour, so it wasn't up to the states up uh-huh. until that year, and uh, they. <laughs> this is this made me laugh because having a national highway speed limit was not about improving safety, which was back back in that time. You know, seatbelts were kind of new; not everybody was wearing them etc. But it wasn't about safety at all. It was actually intended to optimize fuel consumption after oh. the 1973 oil crisis.
0: Oh, okay. That yes, so in
1: 1995 was when it was finally repealed. I had no idea that this existed. Uh, if you like highway history, that was your highway history for the day.
0: Okay, so first of all, I love highway history. <laughs> and Do
1: you want you. me to try to find highway history for every episode Moving forward. Well, we have,
0: we have uh, one left in the season after this, so yes.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, Aerosmith's Walk This Way was inspired in part by Young Frankenstein. Yes! Yes, when Igor encourages Gene Wilder's character to walk this way down the stairs. And the band saw the movie in 74, and they uh, saw it in Times Square. They went to the recording studio right after <laughs> and recorded the song. So that's pretty fucking cool. The post-it note was also invented by Arthur Fry in 1974, and in 1974, this blew my mind. There is a tradition in Japan where everyone eats Kentucky Fried Chicken on Christmas, and this was the year it began because KFC went over to Japan and was advertising the shit out of Kentucky for Christmas, which was the slogan, and it it became a phenomenon.
0: That's so weird.
1: It's a, it's a it's a thing. It's a thing that goes on even today. I thought that was really crazy. Um, 1974 was a year where banks still refused to issue a credit card to a woman unless she was married. Oh, and her, that's
0: not great. Uh huh. And
1: her husband had to co-sign for the card. It was also the year where they would not give credit cards to divorced women because it was too much of a risk because she quote couldn't keep a marriage under control. <laughs> Um, that made me sad. <laughs> the top shows of the year were All in the Family, Sanford and Son, Chico and the Man, The Jeffersons, and Mash. Okay. So it's so it was an interesting year. Looking back though, 1974, women were not able to get credit cards. Nixon was in office. You know, Aerosmith was the a big band. This movie would be very important.
0: Yeah. For the in me-
1: the context that these people—I mean, they are wearing yeah. bell-bottoms and crochet vests.
0: Yeah. In many ways, um, 1974 was the ultimate dudes rock year. Yeah. And Blazing Saddles is the ultimate dudes rock movie, I think. <laughs> um, there's barely any women in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had five writers who were all men. <laughs> mm-hmm and uh it's just uh making a bunch of jokes just guys being dudes just dudes being guys (laughs) uh that being said um the opening scene of the film is one of my favorite gags and this is the the railroad workers um who are kind of split between uh black americans chinese and irish Mm -hmm. and um basically uh as they're working one of the bosses comes up and calls black workers uh, the n-word a bunch of times and then Mm -hmm. says why don't you sing a song when you were slaves you used to sing all the time and the uh workers launch into a perfect acapella rendition of the jazz standard I get a kick out of you
1: yeah it was which, beautiful which I
0: thought was great
1: it was a great <laughs> gag and then the the cow the actual cowboy people were like no 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 you know the one we're talking about and then they break into the song that they're uh, camp to
0: town get. ladies yeah
1: yeah and then everyone laughs and I was like oh okay so this is setting the bar yeah <laughs> this is the bar that's being set great yeah
0: so, uh, all of that said, um, basically what happens is... Uh, lots of racial
1: slurs. Lots lot
0: of slurs. Um, and by the way, folks, uh, I have decided prior to recording this episode that I will not be saying the N-word. Um, oh, I don't thank know what Nadia's you. decision is uh, yet. No, okay. okay. <laughs> it's safe uh, to
1: say that I will not be saying any of the racial slurs or the homophobic slurs. Yeah, there's or... a lot of those too. The slurs against
0: women—it's great. Yeah, there's a lot of the um, actually the uh, the depiction of um, gay coded characters, particularly like the kind of the the final uh, scene of the film, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about later. That is super dated. Oh yeah. Um, just awful. Um, it's
1: bad. It's bad.
0: <laughs> so in any event, um, so basically, as they're working on the railroad, they discover that there's going to be uh, quicksand kind of where they're planning to lay down tracks. Um, How did
1: they discover that there was quicksand, Tony? Oh,
0: well, they were going to send—at first, they were going to send horses. They're like, we can't risk losing horses in quicksand. Send a couple of—and then another racial slur.
1: Yeah, Uh, so it was Bart and his brother, and they go and walk down and get trapped in the quicksand, and no one helps them out. (laughs) But they do get the cart that they were riding on, because that's important. Yes, Yes.
0: because that's important. And they do eventually climb their way out, and Bart is so furious that he— Just uh, wax uh, the um, foreman with a shovel.
1: Oh, no, it's the foreman, yeah. Yeah. He whacks him in the head, and then we transition to a new scene.
0: Yeah. Uh, And also, classic Mel Brooks type gag. Okay, send a telegram, tell them I said, and then Bart whacks him on the head with a shovel, and he goes, ah. It's like, okay, telegram, tell them I said, ah. Um, Just real dumb, but. Um, funny if you're into that sort of thing.
1: Funny if you're like eighty-five, <laughs> that, or six, or six, or six, or six, or six. Yeah. Yes, but if you're uh, six, you shouldn't be watching this.
0: No, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> to all the but, six-year-olds listening, don't watch and I, this. Movie. And I
0: grew up. Uh, I grew up watching a lot of Mel Brooks movies, uh, and my parents are like, "Yeah, you can't watch Blazing Saddles."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So before we continue, I is it funny? because at the time they were going for shock value or is it funny because it's supposed to be funny
0: uh is what funny you mean this
1: the beginning of this movie just the 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 beginning of the exposition you need it to set the tone for the rest of the movie so you got to you got to do a big mhm you're you're you got to start with some good big solid jokes yeah and so, so i think where oh, where, where where are we in <laughs> At just, I don't know, three minutes? Four minutes?
0: So, a couple things have happened already, right? We've gotten just virulent racism. (laughs) Right. But it's all from dumb people. Right. Uh, There have been some homophobic slurs already thrown at this point, I believe. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, No, there were. We have a prop gag, right, That's, uh, that's getting hit in the head with the shovel. Right. We have a musical number. Uh, uh-huh. which is very well done very committed to that bit that's the strongest bit in the opening scene yeah so good. we are uh, I would say we're all over the place and we are not trending in the right direction at this okay
1: point. but my question is though is at the time think of people in 1974 is it funny to them because of the shock value or is it funny to them because this is these are funny gags
0: I think I think it's probably closer to the first
1: yeah okay I
0: think especially as the movie goes on and it just becomes purely about the volume of jokes um, there there's like it's it's just like it's just like how much what's the next thing gonna be what's the next thing gonna be now we're gonna do a candygram now we're gonna do now we're gonna punch a horse now <laughs> we're gonna have cows walk through uh, now yeah. we're gonna name everybody Johnson Uh right. now we're gonna uh, do a uh, song now we're gonna spill out onto the Warner Brothers lot like right all of that so
1: okay
0: I don't know what, I just what do don't get
1: think? it I just don't get it
0: yeah yeah I, th- I think that's fair.
1: I I really want to get it because I you know when someone tells you that something is amazing and it's the best thing of what it is you want to appreciate it and mm-hmm. I think I want to appreciate it but I can't because I don't get it. <laughs> I, it's a little part of me it's like am I dumb I or don't is think it... you're
0: dumb I think you're <laughs> I think you're young like I think that's what it is okay. I think it's just this is from a completely different era and we aren't in that era anymore
1: yeah okay that makes me feel better because I, I actually I have to admit this I watched it twice oh really yeah because I wanted to understand why I didn't get it the first time
0: Okay, well, I'm impressed. Thank you for your dedication to the pod. First You're
1: of all. welcome. It was more of a dedication to myself and my fear of sounding dumb. Okay,
0: I will go back and watch Shark Tale another time if okay. that uh, makes us even. With
1: with with the mindset of whimsy?
0: Uh, no, with the mindset of uh, protecting the reputation of Italian Americans everywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Once again, a movie with no plot derails us into. <laughs> <laughs> just, totally just talking about direction. Italians again. Talk talking about direct- Italians
0: again. Oh, um, God.
1: Okay, so let's continue on. We're in minute four of the movie. Minute
0: four of the movie. <laughs> Hedley Lamar, uh, the main villain, he's planning to drive everyone out of Rock Ridge because he wants that land. He wants that land so badly. Oh, oh. God, he wants that land. And then he starts uh, dry-humping uh, a statue in his office.
1: Which, yeah. Uh,
0: again, like th- this isn't defining the character. It's nothing like that. It's just... It's a gag. The the writers thought it would be funny to have a guy dry humping a statue in his office.
1: Yeah, it was great. Uh, and then they they hear some racket outside, and of course, when you open the window, you see the gallows. <laughs>
0: yeah, they have a medieval executioner with like an eye patch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and
1: they're just hanging people who are waiting very calmly in line.
0: Yeah, hanging a guy with his horse.
1: And a, a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so some just weird visual gags. But ba- basically what it all comes down to is, like, we need to drive everyone out of the city of Rock Ridge so we can put the railroad down there.
1: Absolutely. Uh, there are some anti-Semitic jokes in there for a second. But <laughs> Mel Brooks is Jewish, so it's okay. Mel, Mel
0: Brooks <laughs> Mel Brooks always gets respect because he fought in World War II, he was in the Battle of the Bulge, he killed Nazis— and he came back, and the first thing he did was write a movie where there was a musical number called "Springtime for Hitler."
1: <laughs> Are you serious? I did not know that he was in the World War II.
0: Yeah, yeah, he fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He was, he was, wow. he's straight legit.
1: Wow, yeah. mad respect.
0: Yes, uh, he after... didn't write the producers immediately after the war. He worked in television for for a while as well. Yes, uh, but, but he... in any event,
1: wow. Um, okay, okay.
0: So, so when they make the joke, like, well, we could go around and kill all the firstborn. No, that's too Jewish. Yes. that is one a Bible joke, which yes. I love. You love it. <laughs> two, Mel Brooks is allowed to make it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so basically, uh, they bat around a couple ideas, but what, what they land on is like, okay, we're just going to uh, unleash the outlaws on the town uh, and uh, try and kill or drive out as many people as we can.
1: And. We want to rape a bunch of women.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, do you spare the women? Nah, we rape the shit out of them. Yeah, uh, so... and I just,
1: I'm in my handwritten notes. It was just a sad face.
0: <laughs> yeah, that joke, I would say, I would have probably cut
1: today. Yeah.
0: I would have probably yeah. cut that one today.
1: Probably cut that one.
0: Uh, but then we cut to, so now we're in like minute six. Um, <laughs> also, Headley Lamar has like hit his head on the window frame three times. Yeah. Um, so We're we, moving
1: quickly, though. That's yeah. what I appreciate. It's stupid, and it's dumb, and it's sometimes not funny, but at least I know another scene is coming in a minute or two.
0: Yeah, so we go to Rockridge. We hear the Ballad of Rockridge, the town people, talking about how their town has gone to shit, um, and uh, they're all meeting in the church to discuss what's going to happen next, and there's just cows wandering <laughs> in the back of the church, which I is do
1: love. Visual. I do love the cows. Yeah. The, the cows are just in, around. They're in, like, the bar,
0: too. Yes!
1: <laughs> Just hanging out. I also love in this scene there's a there's a reverend that is saying like we gotta get out of here and people are like, No, we really gotta stand up for ourselves. Well, yes, Anal Johnson, I agree yeah. with you. And we slowly discover that everyone's last name is Johnson.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, everybody's I everybody's like that th-
1: gag. That was good. Everybody's
0: last name is Johnson. There's a guy who like is possibly homeless but speaks completely unintelligibly. <laughs> Just like in grunts, the mayor gets up. He's like, well, who can argue with that? Uh,
1: Yeah, I really like that everyone's treated equally for the most part, except for Bart. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, The other uh, funny gag here in um, two funny gags, actually, when establishing the town uh, is the ice cream parlor. It says Howard Johnson's ice cream parlor. One flavor. Yes. Uh,
1: It's really uh, good.
0: That's and then good. there was
1: a, a little old lady getting beaten yes. up, and she looks at the camera and says, isn't this just awful? Yeah.
0: Have you ever seen such cruelty? Um, and ah, the, the Wild West. The other, and it's kind of subtle, but the, the preacher being like, our town has been attacked. People have been stampeded. Cattle have been raped.
1: Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, my other favorite joke was also a Bible joke where he says he's going to do a reading from the from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Duck. <laughs> and then someone shoots into the church.
0: Yeah. So see, there's some funny gags in it pretty.
1: It's pretty good. I do, you know, I think this falls into the George of the Jungle genre of slapstick. I oh, love, yeah. I love slapstick.
0: Yeah. Um, and, Who does And so ba- basically where the town lands is like, we're going to write to the governor and uh, ask him to send us a new sheriff. So yeah. uh, we have a scene at the governor's office. Cut too uh, governor- quickly. Quickly, the governor, uh, Governor Lepetamane is played by Mel Brooks. Yep. Uh, and is uh, clearly incompetent and in being manipulated by Hedley Lamar. Yes,
1: um, and his secretary's got her titties out. Yes. <laughs> titties were out.
0: Out all the way.
1: Yeah. Just um, like a centimeter lower, it, it would have been rated R. <laughs> even more so. I was, I was about to say, th-
0: this movie is clearly rated R already. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so uh, they, he's obviously getting manipulated. He doesn't know what end is which. And uh, there was a a gag with those paddle ball things. Yes. Loved that gag. What was that a, gag about? I didn't even pa- care.
0: <laughs> so a paddle ball gag is always funny. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking about the paddle with the string and the ball. You put one of those in your movie, you're getting at least three stars from Tony Gennonio. <laughs> and... So, wow this gets
1: three at least
0: at least uh wait till you hear how many stars roger ebert gave it uh so <laughs> so yeah it was uh they were trading uh the native the indigenous people for their land and they were giving them paddle balls yeah. uh and then the governor grabs one and he can't do it at all he's like ah these things are defective and Headley picks one up and like nails it perfectly
1: yeah he's like i always get the broken one
0: yeah uh, uh
1: he's also wearing no pants
0: yes which no i liked and a suit jacket that says gov in giant letters <laughs> on the back
1: yeah he needs to know which one is his
0: <laughs> and so uh, i also may-
1: love the gag where uh he asks the other people in the room for opinions and they all just say harumph harumph, harumph, harumph,
0: harumph, harumph. i didn't get a harumph from that guy
1: <laughs> i love that what's like watermelon watermelon yeah on stage um yeah, so he they decide that they need to get a sheriff over to Rockridge right away yeah. because the town requested it. Yeah. But because Head, Headley is such a bastard, yeah, he 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 has a trick up his sleeve. He's, like, he's going to send good old Bart.
0: Yeah, Bart's in prison. We were going to hang him, but instead I'll send him to be the sheriff because everybody's so fucking racist over there. The town will devolve into chaos. Oh, yeah so he brings bart back to the governor to get his sign off there is i mean one of the classic gags is you know he brings bart in to meet the governor and, and mel brooks grabs cleavon little and is like come with me i gotta talk to you he's like are you out of your mind can't you see that man's in and he's like oh god wrong person sorry and he goes <laughs> back and grabs Hed- Lamar and the exact and like,
1: same delivery exact
0: same tricks. speech yeah
1: <laughs> Without even saying the slur at the end. That yeah. was a great gag. I did like that. Yeah, I, it made me chuckle. Yeah. And uh, th- he was like, trust me, man. this yeah. is gonna actually be really great.
0: It's like you're breaking down walls here.
1: Yeah, you're gonna go down in history.
0: This is the path to the presidency for you. Uh, so, uh, so it's done. So Black Bart uh, rides into Rock Ridge with wow. a
1: Gucci bag
0: with a Gucci bag and the Count Basie orchestra playing themselves.
1: I loved it. He rides by them in full, just, you know, modern regalia that they yeah. would play wear at a concert. Like the
0: full, full band is there with their fronts, like, yeah. <laughs> with everything. Like
1: That was shakes, pretty damn good.
0: Shakes Count Basie's hand um, and then rides into town, who was not expecting a black mayor, and uh the band starts playing and as they see him come in, just silence descends upon the town.
1: Yeah, they were all ready to celebrate and then they were just like, Oh god, we're screwed. Yeah. Um there is a gag where someone says, um, I I want to be the first to give you a laurel and hearty handshake.
0: Which that's I thought pretty was, that, that was pretty that's good. A nice little pun. I like that one. See, there's some wordplay, too. It isn't all just punching horses and farts. We'll yeah, get to the farts. Yeah, that
1: one I caught on the second viewing. I was like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> See, aren't you glad? You aren't through... I glad that I watched this
1: twice? No, uh, I'm not.
0: Um, but in any event, um, there is a funny visual gag here. As he's riding in and everybody's shocked, the welcome sheriff banner just rolls up.
1: <laughs> By itself.
0: <laughs> By itself. Yeah. Um, in any event... Um, he uh, he gets out of this extremely uncomfortable situation by pretending to take himself hostage. Yeah. <laughs> Point, points his own gun at himself, and he's like, everybody back off, or he gets it. Oh, no, don't let him kill me. Like, that sort of thing.
1: That's definitely a Richard Pryor joke. You can yes. tell.
0: Yes. <laughs> that would have been. And that's the thing is, like, I, 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 concerns about insurance aside, I think Richard Pryor would have been fucking hilarious in this role. Oh, yeah. So, in any event, he uh, takes himself over to the prison and uh he uh starts setting up and he sees that there's already a guy uh in the prison there getting drunk by himself.
1: Oh, and then the angels sing because it's Gene Wilder. <laughs> the
0: wonderful Gene Wilder.
1: What a uh, wonderful beautiful man. If anything ever comes out about him being a piece of shit, I will absolutely lose my mind.
0: I don't think it will, because he's been dead for a couple years now.
1: I know that he's been dead, but you never know. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Uh, My name is Jim, but most people call me Jim.
1: (laughs) And he says, uh, he's hanging upside down from his top bunk. Yes. And he asks Bart, are you okay?
0: (laughs) Um, And so, uh, (laughs) so is Jim the Waco kid? Used to be the fastest set of hands in the West. Another one of my favorite lines here is like, so is, is Bart asks him, so, you know, you're you're my guest, Jim. What do you like to do? How do you like to pass the time? And Jim says, oh, play chess or screw. And Bart says, okay, well, let's play chess.
1: <laughs> I love that. I liked the, hold on. I want to find the right dialogue. When he asks him, are you okay? And then he's like, I'm black. And he's like, okay, then I'm fine. Oh, he's no, right.
0: it's um, it's like, how are we? Are we okay? Or he said, are we awake? And Gene Wilder's like, I think we're awake. Are we black? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He's like, okay, are we okay?
1: Then we are awake and we are okay. Yeah. I think the movie got a lot better once Gene Wilder showed
0: I up. agree 100%. He um, brings
1: a whole lot of good energy.
0: And for for a role that was not written with him in mind.
1: Um, no, and it was so small
0: and a relatively small role a role that doesn't necessarily play to what he's good at um right which what i like about gene wilder is he can do just wild tonal shifts really well yes Yes. and he gets it it, he does get a perfect one in one scene where he talks about so gene wilder used to be the waco kid he was fastest draw in the west um and everyone would try to challenge him and and he heard And, and and so every time someone was like draw he would you know draw and shoot him and and one day, a child finally said, draw. He turned around. It was a six-year-old. He had pointed a gun at a six-year-old. He was so ashamed. He just threw the gun on the ground and walked away. And then Gene Wilder's like, then that bastard shot me in the ass.
1: <laughs> he's so good. Yeah. He's so good. He also, you know, is a smart guy.
0: Yes. So he's in And he's on not it. racist.
1: No, he's not racist. And he's in on it with Bart. And he, yeah. he, they're... Immediately friends. Yes. Barton realizes this guy, he's obviously not racist, but he's just a smart dude.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other, um, other, just maybe the best gag in the film, but uh, when Gene Wilder's talking about how he used to be the Waco kid, he's like, yeah, check this out. And he holds his hand out just steady. Steady
1: as a rock.
0: <laughs> Barton's like, wow, steady as a rock. And she's like, yeah, but I shoot with this hand. And he holds up his other hand. And just waving it wildly around.
1: I love that gag. That was so good. <laughs> It's so good. See, this is where I think direction wise, a lot of the people at the beginning of the movie aren't in the same movie. You know what yes. I mean? It's kind of, I, I mean, I have a controversial yet brave take that that's how <laughs> I feel. That's how I feel uh, Crazy Rich Asians was shot. I feel like everyone in that movie is in a different movie, and no one was told to be in the same movie with each other. Yeah. And I feel like this is one of those movies where everyone but Gene Wilder is in a different
0: movie. <laughs> I I mean, I think that's something because I think I, you know, I think if well, here's what I'll say. I think before Gene Wilder gets into film, gets in the film, it is really loose. Like, yeah, it is just, um, and you know, we talked about some of those gags and they're funny, but it's there's not a lot to hold on to. Uh, you know, Stacy was saying like I don't think you even learn the main character's name until like 10 minutes in. Yeah. Um, uh, and and it's really, I think, Gene, Gene Wilder that helps at this point in the film kind of uh, start bringing things together and give you people to root for.
1: Yeah, he's a very – because the thing is that I don't think it's super clear that we're supposed to root for Bart.
0: Yeah, not right away. No, you no. don't know that.
1: Yeah, and I think that's unfortunate. Yes. I think yeah. that if they had made that choice a little sooner, I would have been more invested and I would have thought certain things were funnier. Yes, But, you know, I, they were invested in the jokes rather than the story.
0: That's exactly right. I th- I, Nadia, I think we fixed Blazing Saddles. I
1: think we need to call Mel Brooks quickly. <laughs> yeah, before it,
0: it, quickly because he's he gets 91. He way
1: too old, yeah. Um,
0: but in any event. Uh, <laughs> uh, in any event. Um, uh, so, uh, we move on um to the camp where the uh, the outlaws are, you know, waiting to conduct another raid on the town. So this is the legendary beans sequence.
1: Is the this is before the dream sequence?
0: What's or the the dream the, the, sequence? Hi- the
1: histories uh, Bart tells the history of how he got to where he got to, and the Sioux Nation came to attack, oh, and Mel Brooks right. was in brownface.
0: Yes, you're right. You're right. No, that <laughs> happened first. You're right. Okay, so Mel Brooks plays. Uh, I watched
1: this twice. <laughs>
0: yeah, Mel Brooks plays uh, three different roles in this film, I think. Yes. Um, but maybe he,
1: more. We don't know.
0: Yeah, he he is the member of the Sioux Nation that he's comes the chief. Upon the chief of the Sioux Nation. So it is Mel Brooks and Brownface, which is not great. No. But it is a Sioux Nation man speaking Yiddish. Yes. Uh, which is pretty funny.
1: <laughs> I liked that a lot. Yeah. That was pretty good. He's like, I'm not even gonna try to do something really offensive. I'm just gonna go with what I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. So Very, it was
1: great. Good commitment. So the the whole gag is Bart was telling uh, the story of how he came west with his family and how the Sioux Nation destroyed all of the white people that they were uh, following in a wagon line, and uh, they were allowed to live. And then that's where he ended up. How he ended up. Yeah. Uh, but the it, it, again, no, it that doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter. It never comes back. But it, it doesn't was the matter.
1: gag where. Bell was, was like, I really want to wear a feather headpiece. <laughs>
0: that's that's all it was. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the beans.
1: Ah, uh, the beans.
0: Because a bunch of dudes eating beans around the campfire, guess what? They're all going to fart a whole
1: bunch. Did you know that this is the first movie that ever featured audible flatulence?
0: I did not know that.
1: Okay, well, let me tell you a little bit about this. Um. I read an article called the rich and evolving history of on-screen farts. Okay. Which is by Moes Halperin in uh, was written in 2016. He goes into the history of flatulence on camera. It is a fascinating read. But this is the first movie that they ever featured flatulence. And so of course, they had to overdo it. Yeah. Uh but anytime they played this movie on TV, which I don't know why they would, they had to censor the farts because it wasn't appropriate for television at the time
0: imagine like censoring the farts and not censoring the n-word <laughs> which which is probably what fucking happened by the it's, way
1: it's probably what happened it's a choice it's a choice that they made farts yeah. are definitely more offensive <laughs> so these guys they're just eating beans for like i don't know three minutes Couple minutes.
0: Just, couple minutes yeah. of just farting
1: just just a lot of they're all getting up to fart, they're all sitting like leaning yeah. over to fart. Everyone's yeah. eating beans.
0: Yeah. In any event one that's of the, the most scene. <laughs> one that's the scene. One of the most famous scenes in the entire film. Uh, and basically, you know, where we land on all of this is they're like, We need to send someone to uh kill the sheriff because he hasn't driven the people out of the town yet. And they're like, Why don't we send Mongo? And Mongo is like this giant man beast. Played uh, by a
1: professional NFL player. Oh no, kidding! Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh,
1: th- he recently passed away, but oh, rest in uh, peace. I, f- I forgot his name. <laughs>
0: uh, that's fine. The uh, actress who played uh, Cha Cha De Gregorio from Greece, by the way, uh, she died as well. Oh uh, no! So we'll do an in memoriam uh, segment maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's so fucking awful.
0: Uh, anyways, as they in Mongo, Mongo is the guy who punches a horse in the face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there
1: is a there is a gag right before this in a scene. Again, the Waco Kid and Bart are just hanging out together um, and smoking weed.
0: Hey, it's called Blazing Saddles.
1: Hey, uh, and uh, my favorite gag is every time Gene Wilder takes a puff, his voice gets high. Like, he's sucking <laughs> yes. helium. And then it gets normal again, and then he takes another puff, and he's talking like this. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that got me twice
0: so they uh so they uh mongo comes into town punches a horse camps out at the saloon and bart's like okay well we gotta figure out a way to arrest this guy and get rid of him so what he does is he dresses up as a again a reference that does not make sense anymore no. um, dresses up as a candygram. Uh, the last delivery.
1: time i've heard a candy gram reference was mean girls
0: Okay, for, four I,
1: for Glen Coco. You go, Glen Coco.
0: I remember it like from the old Saturday Night Live like Land Shark sketches. Oh which are, yeah, which, yeah, which I like, which aired before I was born, but like I'm familiar with that. But but yeah. basically like so he Candy Graham, Candy Grams, dynamite blows up. Um, they arrest Mongo and basically like tie him with chains to uh, the jail cell. Um, yeah, and,
1: to a Looney Tunes song.
0: Yes, exactly, yes. And and this movie, by the way, is basically a Looney Tunes cartoon in yeah. the sense that it's got slapstick, it's got explosions, and it has racism. Uh, <laughs> and so... Uh, and, so um, and the punchline on all of this, by the way, is when Bart is back at the uh, jail with Jim, he's like, yeah, the real bitch was inventing the candygram, uh, which is... A, which is, like, dumb, but you do have to say it, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then someone, a little old lady from the town that called him a racial slur at the beginning of the movie came to bring him some pie as yeah. a thank you.
0: He's starting to win people over.
1: And she's like, don't tell anyone I was here. And then yeah. she left. <laughs> yeah. A little part of me was like, don't eat the pie. <laughs> but they, that, the movie didn't take that direction.
0: No. Um, it could have. There's no reason it, it <laughs> very have. easily. They just yeah. didn't think of it at the time they were writing that part of the script.
1: <laughs> uh, well, now we go on to, for some reason, an Oscar-nominated scene, Oscar-nominated performance
0: by Madeline Kahn, who is also in Young Frankenstein, I believe. Yes. Uh, and uh, it's Lily von Stupp, uh, the Teutonic titmouse. You guys and...
1: know what Stupp means in Yiddish? <laughs>
0: Uh, and, uh, and she sings the song, uh, I'm Tired of Love, which I believe is a parody of a different song in a different Western, but I like to think of it as the precursor to Weezer's Tired of Sex off Pinkerton, uh, um. and the joke, <laughs> the joke, the joke is that she says, uh, W's instead of R's. Like, that. Yeah, she's that's German. The, that's the joke, is she's German. Um, I must see you alone in my dressing womb. Uh, and so, basically, Hedley Lamar, uh, hires her to seduce Bart and entrap him. Uh, but ultimately, uh, it doesn't happen, because she's so taken with his enormous dick.
1: Yeah! Uh, <laughs> she says, is it true what they say about your people? And, and then, then she turns off all the lights, and she's like, it is, it's true,
0: it's, it's true. true! It's true, it's Yeah. Would you care for another student, Ruben? Um, and so... <laughs> Uh, this, I want to call out, this is the one line Mel Brooks actually cut from the film, uh, which is, uh, she turns off the lights and she says, it's true, it's true, and then Bart originally said, ma'am, I hate to disappoint you, but you're sucking on my arm.
1: (laughs) Why did he cut that? And for
0: some reason, the studio didn't like that line.
1: (laughs) Of all of the ones to cut, that was, that's a strong one.
0: That's a good line. (laughs)
1: That's a good line, (laughs) (laughs) fuck. Well, it's the morning time. They have made love all night. Yeah. And uh, Bart excuses himself. She is enamored with him. She's yeah. like, please don't leave. I can't live without you. And totally he's like, riveted. W-. Yeah, he's you... like, I got to go. And he's playing it so cool.
0: Playing it so cool. He leaves. And then she's like, oh, what a nice guy. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, then strange. we basically never see her again, right? Like, she's yeah. in one scene.
1: Yeah. We, it doesn't, who, who cares? She's a woman. <laughs> Is what they said.
0: Um, but here's where we try and resume what little plot there is.
1: Yes, Mongo uh, is uh, <laughs> tied up in the, in the jail cell. And uh, there's some weird homophobia <laughs> to be had in this upcoming scene.
0: How, wait, how do you mean?
1: Um, they allude to Mongo fucking a man. And then he says, Mongo straight.
0: Oh, I missed that.
1: Oh, so you got to watch it twice.
0: Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, But basically, they coax Hedley Lamar's plot out of Mongo. Yeah. Um, that he's going to send worse and worse people uh, to attack the town until it's finally vacant. <laughs> And again, this this leads to like, well, how do you fit into all this, Mongo? And Mongo's just, oh, Mongo only pawn in game of life. <laughs> uh, but that
1: was a great line. That it's was a really great, good. Oh.
0: He says it, he says it directly to the camera.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the um the the homophobic reference was um to Mongo fucking Headley Lamar because people um, think that Headley Lamar is possibly gay, yeah, which is maybe. of course a crime.
0: Yeah. Um, um, but
1: uh, it's it's really bad because, you know, there are really bad people coming to the town to destroy the town. So we're back to the original plot of we need to get rid of everyone in the town so that we can build the, tr- the railway through this town.
0: Yeah. So Hedley Lamar is hiring the worst people he can put out a, <laughs> put out a flyer. <laughs>
1: Let's go through the list of those people, shall we?
0: Uh, yeah, you probably wrote it down in more detail than I have, but uh, he's got some Nazis. Yeah, he's got some uh, Mexicans. Klansmen, Mexican.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got some KKK guys.
0: Yeah, he's, he's got, got some, some
1: Germans.
0: He has. Uh, he has like Methodists at one point, which I think is very funny. Yeah, uh,
1: it's great. He's got all these guys lined up. Um, he's, he's got, got Germans a, he's from got World a, War II. <laughs>
0: an authoritarian uh, film director who is played by Mel Brooks.
1: <laughs> yes, um, And at the end of the line That's where the Klansmen are um, The Gene Wilder and Bart Are like oh god what is going on We need to get closer to get a better idea Of what's going on So we cut to the front of the line And there's a man taking Basically everyone's verbal resume And ah. one man says Rape, murder, arson And rape <laughs> And the guy says you said rape twice And he said I like rape
0: Okay. Yeah. I probably would. I here's what I would have done. I would have cut that line, and I would have kept in your sucking on my arm.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So these they need to get in line. They need to get up to the front. And so what do they do, Tony?
0: Well, they figure the easiest way to get up there is disguised as Klansman, the <laughs> all, the all covering uh, disguise. Right. Uh, so they need to entice the Klansmen away from the line. So Gene Wilder holds up Bart and says, look what I found. And Bart yells, hey, where the white women at?
1: Yeah, that was a prior joke for sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, they beat up the Klansmen, take their little costume. Yeah. And, and take it up to the front of the line where they have to sign in. <laughs> but Bart showed his hand and he's black
0: <laughs> the real strategic misstep from Bart in this movie.
1: Yeah, and uh, Gene Wilder's like, oh, I told him he should have washed his hands. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and then flip- they pull
0: off his hood and they uh, they figure it out.
1: So, yeah, so then they pull their hood off and it's both of those guys and they yeah. run away.
0: Yeah. So Another
1: slapstick moment.
0: Another slapstick moment. So they come up with a new plan, which is um, basically uh, they go back to the railroad workers and they... Uh, gather them and they gather all the townspeople and Bart and Jim say look we got a plan we're gonna build a fake version of the town three miles to the east
1: <laughs> yeah
0: of the actual rock ridge and they're gonna attack that town and then you guys will be fine and then we'll blow it up
1: <laughs> when they're yeah. all in there perfect
0: uh, and and this is an interesting scene because it is a scene where um, the white people in the town have to come to terms with the people of color who have been uh, railroad workers that they don't like because they're racist. And so this is meant to be like kind of the, oh, like little moment of reconciliation. And there's a great line where one guy says, OK, fine, we'll take the first racial slur and the second racial slur. But we don't want the Irish.
1: Yeah, everyone's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but eventually everyone agrees. The Irish are Fine. They, they can join, and uh, they, but what they, while they're building, they need to stall. They only have a night to do this, so they do the next best thing, which is to build a toll in the
0: middle yes, <laughs> of desert. A, they put a toll booth in the middle of the desert, <laughs> as all Ten these bad cents. guys are, nothing, nothing around it at all. A
1: vast <laughs> desert around this toll, and those guys go <laughs> straight towards it. Like, <laughs>
0: shit, do you have any dimes? <laughs>
1: Someone's got to go back and get a shitload of
0: dimes.
1: (laughs) That was a great gag. I loved that. Very Uh, Eventually, they all go in one by one, throwing in a dime into this toll. So not only are these people also getting rid of bad guys, but they're making a killing. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Ten cents in those days? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It goes very far. So uh, basically, they all all get to the fake town. Uh, Sorry, one other note that I have here. Um, from the bad guy resume is one guy said, stampeding cattle. And Hedley Lamar said, that's not very bad. And then the bad guy said, through the Vatican.
1: (laughs) You loved that
0: one. I really did. Uh, So so anyways, um, you have some funny moments where, okay, so the bad guys are in the fake town. All the actual residents of Rock Ridge are hiding in the hills. Mm -hmm. Um, They have to blow up the fake town the dynamite uh the the detonator's not working so they have to shoot out the dynamite and as they do that you see like explosions and just horses flying in the air
1: yeah they're very clearly just fake
0: just just cardboard yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's
1: so funny that was a great visual gag everyone's getting really excited but they got to take down the rest of the guys so of course we have to have a brawl
0: at the the end of the movie the massive brawl And how massive is this brawl, Nadia?
1: It's so massive, you see the LA skyline.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's the motherfucking Warner lot in Burbank, California.
1: I did love that. They did a really great crane shot from the town, panning over the entire Warner Brothers lot over to the Burbank Hills. It is really (laughs) lovely very funny and then the movie completely falls apart
0: just derails entirely <laughs> yeah. as we are recording this we're recording this on february 23rd uh february 22nd vulture uh released a list of the 100 greatest movie endings of all time and this is on it what okay. <laughs> for the for the warner lot showdown um so so it's fine what happens is like you see the crane shot panning out from this fight and then all of a sudden you're just in another soundstage, where they're rec- record, where they're uh, shooting a like a Busby Berkeley musical number.
1: Yeah, Dom DeLuise is playing the director, and he's calling them all uh, homophobic slurs yeah. and trying to go through the dance number with them. And a bunch of cowboys burst through the door and, yeah. and start fighting the guys.
0: I did like that you have to watch the 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 musical number like three full times before. Yeah. <laughs> Before before the Cowboys come in at all,
1: <laughs> it was that was really good. It was it it played to my interest, so I mm-hmm. liked that. Um, but then we go. It's a huge sound stage. Like yeah. this clearly takes up the bulk of the budget. Yeah, huge sound stage. Fighting all over the place. Uh, people are falling into water. Yeah, people are flying across the stage, and then it transitions over into what is supposed to be the Warner Brothers commissary. I've been in there. It doesn't look like that. And it's actually another soundstage, and they start destroying that, and it becomes kind of a food fight.
0: Yeah. So, basically, they're going lot by lot through through Warner um and uh just destroying everything in sight and finally Hedley Lamar like runs out onto fucking what is it Forest Lawn Avenue or whatever it's on
1: Olive he's on Olive Ave
0: Olive Ave okay and he hails it he crossed
1: the street to the parking garage where if you're going to watch like an Ellen taping or something you have to park in that parking garage and instead he got a taxi
0: yeah (laughs) he's like take me out of this picture so the taxi takes him basically, like, ten minutes away
1: to, yeah, <laughs>
0: to the Chinese theater. Yeah. Um, and, uh And actually, again, one of my favorite gags in this film is when he runs to the Chinese theater, which is showing Blazing Saddles. Right. He runs to the Chinese theater, and he's like, uh, because uh, he's running away from all this fighting. One, please. And he puts down money, and then he pulls out an old student ID. <laughs> he's like, student? He's like, student? And the woman's like, are you kidding?
1: So he runs in and he got. He's just gonna watch the ending of the picture, which is happening in real time. The fighting yes. is on screen, but uh,
0: he sees he sees in the movie that Bart is riding up to the Chinese theater. So he's like, yeah. "Oh shit!" He runs out uh, to the front of the theater, like where all the handprints are and everything. Mm-hmm. Bart shoots him. Uh, Headley dies. Uh, he falls
1: into wet cement somehow, so that he can have his whole body print at the Chinese theater. <laughs>
0: uh and then Jim shoots him in the dick right yeah shoots him in the dick yeah uh funniest place to shoot someone and then uh (laughs) jim catches up to him is like okay well let's go see the end of the movie i hope there's a happy ending
1: (laughs) yep and then they just walk off together like boyfriends
0: yeah so they head in and you know we see kind of the final scene is bart saying i'm gonna ride away because you all are real boring and i got other stuff to do and he and Gene Wilder ride off into the sunset and then get off their horses and get into a car and then drive off into the sunset. Yeah. And then the movie There's, ends.
1: This is supposed to be the greatest movie ever made. The funniest comedy. movie
0: ever made. And look, I think we gave this movie a fair shake. I think we both agree there are things that we liked.
1: Yeah. The, the slapstick, the physical comedy, the wordplay the word for the most part when it's things I understood uh it's strong i'm not saying it's strong the strongest no
0: No. it's it's um it's just dated like that's the problem the problem is there's all these references and um and kind of uh uh, connections and things like that 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 just like you wouldn't get now because you don't watch big budget westerns
1: (laughs) yeah have you ever watched a western
0: yeah like um like I've seen, like the original Magnificent Seven, which of course is a remake of a, a Kurosawa film, but like seen ones like from that era and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say it affected my appreciation of this film. Um, yeah,
1: I. I mean, I came in with. I mean, the thing I think I've seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly in mm-hmm. parts. So I mean, but that's way more recent.
0: Yeah. I think. So. So it's you know.
1: I had nothing. I had. I came in with no expectations except. Because I didn't want to read anything about it because I knew it was a big deal, but I didn't want to have someone tell me this is supposed to be the funniest movie ever. So I just went in and watched it the first time, did some more research, didn't understand, then watched it a second time and still didn't understand. <laughs> it was a, it, this was quite a journey for me this week.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's not even the best Mel Brooks movie from 1974. Yeah. Um, you know, if the man, the man's a king. His, you know, his he killed Nazis and he made comedies, you know, What's Not to Love. Uh, he was friends with Carl Reiner up until last year when Reiner passed away. They would still meet each other every day for dinner and to watch Jeopardy. That's um, so cute. It's so sweet. He was married for like 60 years, I don't know, something like that, to mm-hmm. Anne Bancroft, Mrs. Robinson herself. Wow. Uh, he, Everybody who's worked with him says he's a wonderful, loving person, uh, and we wish him all the best. Yeah. Uh, uh, he uh, during the George Floyd protests, he and Carl Reiner were photographed wearing Black Lives Matter shirts. Um, you know, they're so we love him. We love you, Mel Brooks. However, <laughs> it's time to it, talk about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go ahead. I
1: would like a. I would like to say that we also have to take into account that in 1974. A lot of the critics that were uh, published were men.
0: Oh, almost exclusively.
1: Almost exclusively. So. To say that this was, you know, widely regarded as a good movie, I don't think is necessarily true. I think it's widely regarded as a good movie by white men. So I don't think that the idea of it being the funniest movie ever is true for a lot of reasons. Not just because it's dated, but I think just because the people who liked it were the only people who were allowed to say that they did.
0: You know what I mean? I think that's a really good point, and I think, you know... Basically, I, I, just to repeat what we said, I think we fixed blazing saddles. Like, yeah, 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 I, yeah of course. <laughs> I think you I, I think you identified a lot of why this movie was liked at the time and why it doesn't work now. And uh and, and like there's like I said, there's stuff we both laughed at, there's stuff that's really fun. Um but uh but there's also stuff that doesn't work. And if I were to recommend someone uh if I were to recommend a Mel Brooks film to someone, I'd recommend a different one.
1: Yeah, well, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, or Spaceballs, for me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's interesting, because I kind of feel like we're missing a really big part of history in film critique in general. Yeah. And, like, you know, nowadays you can get anybody's opinion, and I could argue that we don't need them all. But, <laughs> but I would love to know what women thought of this movie. I would love to know what white women thought. I would love to know what black women thought. I would love to know what anybody thought that wasn't a white guy at the time but there's no way to actually get that information and that's a bummer
0: well we know what you thought of the film uh, we yeah know and what... i'm
1: very important
0: yeah and we know what my wife uh who's white thought of the film right uh she did not care for it uh, <laughs> and uh and then i i want to kind of add to what some of these amazon users thought of the film although looking at these names uh they're clearly all men <laughs> Um, so I said, I read the first one that was like, uh, required viewing for all microaggression suffering snowflakes. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the next review says, uh, Brooke skewers almost every ethnic, racial, and political stereotype in a movie, in a movie even he admits could not be made today. It's a sad commentary that while the movie is hilarious, today's tight-ass audiences would be offended by nearly every other word and scene. SJWs would be perpetually offended by everything. Okay, so this guy's
1: a virgin.
0: Yeah uh next one uh hysterical movie figured i'd buy a copy before the pc police banned this movie too nothing can be funny these days without offending someone watch this review will offend someone <laughs> he's uh, right that kid's 12 uh and so yeah. <laughs> and then uh classic mel brooks this movie is filled with great comedic actors sexual innuendo authentic frontier gibberish and good old-fashioned racism I've loved this movie since I was a kid, and now that I'm an adult, I had to get it before the snowflakes of the world demand that it be destroyed. Oh and my God. it's like, and I don't even think the movie, like, serves that role, like, fills that role.
1: No, I think people, you know, people love to take something that was made and make it work for their fucking agenda. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. I fuck you
0: <laughs> again. Like it's like this movie offends everyone. It's like it's a movie that's pretty obviously on the side of racism is bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's that that is that's the only thing that's clear about this movie. The plot's not clear. The character motivations aren't clear. Very but,
0: not clear. Yeah, but we
1: ha- we have a point of view, and I think that that's interesting and important for yeah. the most part.
0: So, um, Roger Ebert uh, gave the movie four stars in 1974. <laughs>
1: Ding, Roger!
0: Blazing Saddles is a crazed grab bag of a movie that does everything to keep us laughing except hit us over the head with a rubber chicken. Mostly, it succeeds. It's an audience picture, it doesn't have a lot of classy polish, and its structure is a total mess. But of course, what does that matter when Alex Karras is knocking a horse cold with a right cross to the jaw? um let's see here uh and blazing saddles is uh like that from beginning to end there's a couple of slow stretches but the baked bean scene alone qualifies the movie for some sort of wretched excess award which he roger
1: ebert roger ebert so loves to fart <laughs>
0: he he loves he loves uh dick jokes he loves cum jokes he loves fart jokes he would have loved this podcast i like to think. <laughs> may
1: he rest in peace rest
0: in peace roger ebert we love you
1: beans bro uh
0: but like if he had heard the look who's talking episode where it's really just 90 minutes of us saying come he would have been like i'm inventing a fifth star
1: (laughs) i'm crying i'm crying that I hold that episode so close to my heart because of how many times we say come.
0: It's, it's a very blue it's episode so if you haven't heard it, guys. It's
1: such a fun one.
0: It, it, we had a lot of fun making it, but don't listen to it with, like, kids, kids in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did, you know, and the last thing I'll say is Mel Brooks has said a couple, a couple interviews in the 2010s uh, that basically he couldn't make Blazing Saddles. In 2012, he said, like... If they did a remake of Blazing Saddles today, they'd leave out the N word, and then you've got no movie. And I said, and I wouldn't have used it if I didn't have Richard Pryor with me on the set. Um, yeah, and I kept asking Cleavon, like, is that all right there? Is that too much there? Am I pushing this? You know, so I, I believe that he was trying to do right by the two black people on the set. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, he said in a 2017 interview, he made some comments uh, to BBC uh, that I didn't love. Um, because uh, he talked about how Blazing Saddles uh, would be a victim of politically correct uh, culture, uh, and I don't like that, but I'm going to say he redeemed himself last year with the Black Lives Matter stuff, so... Uh, Listen,
1: we are all growing and learning as we go, and yeah. to expect somebody to be perfect, especially someone who fought in fucking World War II... <laughs> Like, that that was a totally different time. So yep. good for him for learning about stuff and taking a stance on stuff and changing once he received new information. That's really great. That's something we need to probably embrace a little more. Yeah. Except for people who are awful, like Tom and <laughs> Hammer.
0: Um, now, Nadia, did Common Sense Media do a write-up of this film?
1: I was really disappointed because there are very few reviews on Common Sense Media about this movie huh. uh There were only 14 parent reviews and 20 kid reviews. It had the standard stuff of, you know, there's racial slurs in this. There's some homophobia in this. Um, There's some anti-Semitism in it, but Mel Brooks is Jewish, so it's fine, kind uh of. Yeah, um, I did see one review where uh, the writer compared Blazing Saddles to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, saying that It's Always Sunny is like, He says that basically Blazing Saddles walked so that It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia could run.
0: That's not correct.
1: I don't think so either. But, you know, these are just users who create accounts, so it could be anybody. (laughs) Who knows who that was? I don't give a fuck. Um, But there was one written in 2016 that I thought was interesting. Uh, Based off just what was going on at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, they wrote, I have not watched Blazing Saddles in many years. As I was watching it today on DVD, I came to the realization that it fits as a satirical commentary of today's political arena. Oh, I hope someone in Hollywood gets the message and develops it as a bigger political satire. Black sheriff, black president. Gov president-elect, toll booth, New Jersey governor. President-elect wife, wait. Lily, and so on. What a hoot!
0: So, okay, wait. So... I'm telling
1: you, these are just random people making accounts. So
0: he's like, it's a political metaphor for you know the stuff that's all top of mind 2016. But the stuff that's top of mind 2016 is the Chris Christie Bridgegate scandal. I guess. Okay.
1: I guess. I don't. I don't know. I thought that was the only one that didn't have anything to do with like. Oh, they use racial slurs. Yeah.
0: The Uh, one kid. Don't remake this film. Don't (laughs) say that.
1: The one kid review I loved, and you're gonna see why. They wrote, not as funny as Spaceballs. <laughs> maybe I need and to, I agree.
0: Maybe I need to revisit Spaceballs. I it,
1: love space, And I don't even like Star Wars that much.
0: Well, for, and for obvious reasons, that's parodying a genre that's still relevant, right? Like, oh, even, yeah. Even Robin Hood Men in Tights, which I have not seen in years and, and would rewatch because Carrie Ellis, I'm sure, is very funny in it. So good. Um, it, it's... Uh, like, there's not there's not movies like... I mean, that's directly a parody of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. There's not a ton of movies like that anymore. Um, he made... Mel Brooks made Silent Movie, which is a parody of Silent Movies, which, again, like, okay, <laughs> well, that's probably not uh, not something that is super relevant anymore. Uh, and, you know, so they're, yeah. they're, that's the thing with committing uh, so hard and, and in many ways so well to doing parody, is it's like, well, if the thing you parody falls out of the culture uh really lessens the impact of, of i mean the you could say that, that
1: about snl
0: well yeah um they're bad for many uh <laughs> reasons but we'll uh save that we'll for get some into that discussions yeah so. yeah
1: we'll get into that
0: <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it, i i really um i i feel like i learned a lot talking to you about this one nadia
1: oh thanks i'm glad that i could you know, put some kind of point of view on it, because I didn't understand it, so I had to watch it twice. This
0: was this was one of the more challenging ones to have a point of view on, just because of how it's structured.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I think you know, even Greece, which had very, a very, very little very, plot, very little <laughs> plot. Also, it was just fun to watch Greece. Yeah, it was fun to watch a bunch of movie stars doing a bunch of movie star things. I think. Uh,
0: If anything has come, for me, if I'm taking anything away from this season, it is a lot of respect for John Travolta.
1: Yes!
0: (laughs) Honestly, He's a true triple threat. He's a true triple threat.
1: Absolutely. I started following him on Instagram. The fucker's bald now, and he looks good.
0: (laughs) He's been bald since Swordfish.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't watch it, because he's more, like, dramatic now, so I don't watch a lot of his stuff. But I have also grown to appreciate the movie star. Because I don't think we have a lot of those left.
0: Yeah, the guy that, like, you just pitched me on. Okay, this movie star. I mean, like, Tom Cruise is, like, one of them. Yeah, one and, of the last. Tom Cruise Do- is, is an insane person or whatever. But <laughs> for legal reasons, I, I'm saying that uh, sarcastically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise is an insane person or whatever, but like if you just pitch me on a movie and say, uh, it's Tom Cruise as Superman or it's Tom Cruise as a knight in medieval times or it's Tom Cruise as a baseball player, whatever it is, I'm basically like, yeah, I'd watch that.
1: Yeah. And that's how I feel about John Travolta now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this season has obviously John Travolta, a huge movie star, um, but also Tom Hanks, huge Tom Hanks. movie star. Robin Who was Williams. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Robin Williams.
0: Uh, so- Jim Carrey. <laughs>
1: jim carrey maybe less so uh (laughs) well but it's fine the thing is is that we haven't hit on a bunch of women movie stars yet so i'm waiting for that to happen yeah that would be that would be great (laughs) uh but um yeah i didn't think that this season was gonna go the way that it went uh number one it rekindled my obsession with brendan Fraser, though (laughs) That is something that I have. Okay, but
0: (laughs) the notes I'm getting from listeners, uh, you're not the only one. uh, Really? Has said that, yeah.
1: He's just so good. And I'm just very grateful that our box office juggernaut season reminded me that movies could be good. They could. But I also want to say one thing, because I want to get this off my chest i don't mean to hate on the franchise and i've gotten notes about this of people who are like i love disney it makes me feel bad i'm not trying to make you feel bad but what i'm saying is that what is out there right now are empty calories and i already feel empty from having to work a job in capitalism and being stuck in my home like a rat. Yeah. And I want to watch something that makes me feel hopeful and excited about what life has to offer. And I don't feel that way when I watch a Star Wars franchise or when I watch a Marvel movie.
0: So, I
1: just, I feel like it's empty. So I would love to feel something. Well, that's
0: good. That's good. Yes. Um, I will, uh, so I will say, if you are sending angry DMs to Nadia, stop doing it. Um <laughs> And you can send them to me because uh, it's at IMAX Afterlife on Twitter. And here's what I'm going to say. Everything that Martin Scorsese has said about Marvel films is correct. Yes! Uh, So, uh, Uh, with that in mind. Oh,
1: star, Martin Scorsese.
0: Yeah, star of Shark Tale, Martin Scorsese. Folks, it's probably shoulda on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, We will see you next week for the season finale.
1: Oh, yeah! Bye. (laughs) He rode a blazing saddle, he wore a
0: shining star, his job.